When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Right, before we go into the documentary, do you guys know what White Ribbon Day is? It is the 25th of November, and it's been set up by people who want to highlight men's responsibilities when it comes to violence against women and girls. Okay. So they got in touch with us about it and said, would you guys talk about it on the podcast? And I said, well, yeah, obviously, of course we will. So the Day of Awareness is the 25th of November. What they basically want to do is to address the root cause of it, which is blokes and blokes not talking about other blokes doing that sort of stuff. It's a really awkward but really important conversation. And I've already had it with my son when he was, you know, I will continue to have that. He's, I had it when he was 12 for the first time. Yeah. Because obviously I love my son and he's a lovely kid. And, you know, it's a big old world out there. Yeah. And I don't think you'd ever do anything like that, right? No. So you you don't have, you almost don't want to have that conversation. And I talked to my daughter about, you know, looking after herself and doing this and doing that. But I've already had that conversation with Ben and I'll, I'll continue having it because the only way it'll change is if blokes understand it. Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what? As someone with two sisters, little sisters. Yeah. And I always lived with women in my 20s. and obviously being with Izzy and talking to her friends, the emphasis, unfairly, has always been on women to look after themselves. Absolutely. For them not to mm. go into parks at night, for them not yeah. to be on night buses and all that kind of stuff. And to always tell someone where you're going to be and and all of the things that every single female listener we have to this podcast will be familiar with. Yes. All of those behaviours that men just don't do. Yeah. Yeah, like which which you know, are you have you got your keys to hand? 
when you're walking yeah. back to your car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never crossed my mind. Yeah. All of that stuff. But it's like you know, talking on the podcast about going running at three in the morning. That's a luxury yeah. that yeah. I have as a bloke. Yeah, yeah. Is he um is he goes running? She won't run in the dark. No. It wouldn't cross my mind not to. Exactly. Yeah. It's little things as well that you try like I know I will and I someone mentioned this it's gotta be fifteen years ago. Saying even if you know you're not that sort of person, mm. you know, women don't know that. So yeah, yeah. If, if I'm ever walking home now and there's a girl in front of me walking, I will cross the road mm. and walk on the other side of the yes. street. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want her to think I'm following her. A hundred percent. And this whole campaign is about, I guess, sort of promoting equality, respect, um, calling out behaviours when you kind of see, you know, just the bullshit conversations that people have in the pub, calling yeah, out yeah. those attitudes and those behavior patterns. Yeah. So if you want to know a little bit more about it, if you head to whiteribbon.org.uk, there's a load of details in there about it. And if everyone who listens, who is a bloke, has a conversation with somebody else about this. Yeah, have that conversation with, you know, with your kids. with yeah, your with your mates. Yeah, with your mates. You know, if you're if you're in a pub and that stuff's going on, no one's asking to be a, to be a wanker and, and to and to ruin the night. No, and and, and people and people will just switch off straight away if, if you. If well, you, you get... don't. Yeah, you don't have to go into a rant about it at all. You just just go. Come on, yeah, come on. What's, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Why are you doing I'll that? Chat about it. Why are you doing yeah. that for? Do some, you know, do something different. Yeah, exactly. Don't make other people feel uncomfortable. How would Jock Steen do it? How would Busby do it? How would Shankly do it? Yes. How would Clough do it? Bobby Robson. How would what would Bobby Robson do? Des Liner. WWBRD. What would put what get wristbands made up with what would Bobby Robson do? <laughs> <laughs> right, documentary time on distant part. So lovely. This week decided to do something a little bit different. Cause mm. it's kind of a documentary, because I think it goes into someone's story in great depth, but it's done as a long form interview. And it's part of a series of interviews that the former Wales midfielder Owen Taylor Jones is doing for S4C. It is on their YouTube channels and it is in Welsh. And I thought that all of those things shouldn't stop us from doing it because I think it's really, really good having watched it. So this is his interview with one of his former teammates at Swansea and Wales, Joe Allen. Dynad Pith, Moya Vanoth, Idelio Gadoga, other Pethe Fizego, planning in Tavilan. Oh, team back, a hot head, really, do it? Yeah, my hot head and take. Also, option, Iquarapil Drod, Gada Alias, another thing, come with an option. The cover of Sharad and Stavich now with Gada Eight, Target Ninaur, who we cut a cup and a bead. Only Brondi Ennis, the Premier League, Brondi Ennis, the Europa League. A Steven Gerrard and Hithra and Urban Chelsea, Sid and Vomment, Thin Sameb and Gachyang Hovio. Do them in time when nervous can get my. On the void game now, I'm a troll can't have, I'm salmon and ev. Yeah, I'll need time with that. So, like I say, I picked this because I watched it and I wanted to see what it was, and I wanted to see what Owen was doing now, because I've worked a little bit with him down the years. What a charismatic bloke. He's one of those guys who I've played football with, and is fucking amazing. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Before we get on to Joe, Owen played at the Swans at a time when I 
I wasn't doing a huge amount of comedy, I don't think. Okay. I didn't have a girlfriend, so I probably saw every... <laughs> so I loved him. He ever played at the Swans. So I loved him as a player. And he was, you know, he had a few Welsh Cups as well. And I've met him a couple of times. And, you know, he was a footballer. Hmm. And he was a footballer who always did media stuff because he was a Welsh speaker. He was probably the only Welsh speaker in the, in the certainly in the Swansea squad at one stage. Yeah. So he was the one who was always. He says in the in the um, in the interview actually, you know, I was even if I wasn't playing, I was I was always doing media stuff. There's a lovely bit because both of them are Welsh speakers. There's a lovely yeah. bit where they discuss having to do the Radio Cymru interviews, and I know yeah, yeah, I know the interview yeah. they're talking about Gareth Blaney. It just made me laugh so much because I've yeah. I've hidden Joe Allen from him. Yeah, yeah. I, I've helped <laughs> Joe Allen escape. We should mention for the listeners that, that it's all subtitled. It is. There's full yes. subtitles on. You don't even have to press the button to get the subtitles yeah. up, which is great. No, But, you know, you, you can't get out of those uh, interviews if you're a Welsh speaker like Owen is and you play for the Swans because you are gold dust for Roger <laughs> And obviously now with the Welsh team, I mean, there's, there's loads who can who can um, give Welsh language interviews. Ruben Colwell, Ben Davis, Alan Ramsey, Joe Allen. I mean, there's, there's loads of them. Mm. But the thing with... Oh, why now? He's he's got a he's got a great career with S four C. Does loads of presenting for S four C, and he's he's brilliant at it. Because I'm not a a huge football fan. Yeah, I'm certainly a lot more now than I was. I knew Joe Allen, obviously. Yeah, I just assumed that uh, he, that he was a, a presenter. Yes, and I thought I can't believe I haven't seen this blood before. He's really good. What he does, Scorio. The football program no, does here now, which is a sort of it's yeah, I suppose yeah. it's the Welsh language one show, sort of a magazine. Yeah. So, show. but I don't watch any. Don't I don't watch a lot of TV, but I don't watch any Welsh TV. I hardly any Welsh TV. But what I think though, but then the funny was a footballer as well, yeah. and, and an international was amazing. Whenever I watch a word, I always think to myself, bloody hell, there are people who are studying media who want to be presenters, and they'll never be as good as him. Yeah. He used to play for Falkirk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like he 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 played for Vaness Caledonian Thistle. He played for Hibs. He played for the Swans. He's a Palace for a bit, yeah. But you know, there, there there are people who who just want his job, yeah, and they'll never be as good as he is. But also, they don't have his life story and his yeah. background, yeah. Because he, you know, obviously he can do football stuff and he clearly can do other stuff. I just think it must be sickening if you haven't got any other talent and the one thing you want to do. That job's already taken by a talented bloke. <laughs> it must be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I tell you something, mate. Watching this, mm. bloody hell! I mean, I we, oh, I know people. That, I think we're allowed to bang the drum a bit about Wales in the next couple of weeks, a bit more so than usual. That's fine, yeah. What a stunning part of the world! It's amazing. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? On a sunny day, I mean, oh. that bit down by Mumbles, and I recognise the beach. The so it's obviously Swansea Beach on Swansea Bay there because I I recognise the um. What was the bridge? You know, yes. Sort of- yeah, the bit they're walking down towards the end is down there, yeah. But then the bit when they go for coffee and they're doing yes. those drone shots, I thought, fuck. And I know exactly where they are. Yeah. That part of the world is stunning anyway. Yeah. But bloody hell, what a beautiful part of the world that is down there. And also, Joe, who is loved at the Swans, when he oh, goes in to buy his coffee and that bloke goes, welcome back, Joe. <laughs> yeah, lovely, wasn't it? Lovely. Yeah, great. <laughs> but he was at the club from the age of nine. Mm. You know, he's from Pembrokeshire, from Narberth originally. Yeah. And, I mean, I could wax lyrical about him because it really is, you know, it's the three. It's it's Bale, Alan and Ramsey. Yes. And he is, I mean, lots of pundits will describe him as our most important player because we don't really have a like-for-like replacement 
for Joe. Great. And he brings the best out of Bale and Ramsey. And the, the World Cup qualification campaign that went wrong in 2018 when we lost to Ireland in the final game and oh. didn't get a playoff. Those three, the stats when they played together were fantastic. Yeah. When the, when those three played together, we tended to win. Yeah. But the, one of them was always injured and it was usually two of them. Yeah, it was that and Republic the game. They, tar- they targeted Joe, didn't they? In that Republic well, game. Well, he was squished off the after Joe, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, because in that game, Bale was always in the stands. He was watching in a suit. Yeah. So then it's it's Allen and Ramsey. And you're thinking, okay, well, we've got, you know, a real creative outlet in in Aaron. And Joe will mop up and do what he does best. Mm. And then suddenly we lost him. And now Aaron's completely out of position. And it, it fucked us, really. I mean, we we, we were never going to win that game once he'd, he'd gone off. He's been such a fabulous player for us. And his injuries... Oh, lovely bloke. But his injuries hurt me like he's a member of my family. Like when he did his Achilles <laughs> in March 2020, he was going to miss the tournament. Yes. Because an Achilles injury is an awful thing. Mm. Like he completely snapped it. He was out for months. And then obviously the pandemic happened, so the uh, the tournament um, was pushed back a year. So he did play at Euro 2020 when it was in 2021. But, I mean, I loved him at Swansea. He scored that great goal against Cardiff in the final derby at Indian Park in the last minute. Yeah. And when he was, he was like 19 or something then. Yeah, he, you was. Know, he was a young kid. But what a player. What a likeable bloke. Mm. And it was interesting for me because I don't know enough about his early career. But he's very candid about that being so small, being so slight, especially as a, as a schoolboy player as well. And that how the games change. Is that the game sort of changed the right time for him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because if that had been 10 or 20 years earlier, yeah. you just would never have seen him. He'd have been kicked yeah. off the park. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we were a small team, Swansea, because we had players like Leon Britton, who was smaller than Joe. Mm. And then Wayne Rutledge wasn't big. Nathan Dyer is smaller than Joe. We had we had quite a few players who weren't particularly big. And even our big players weren't massive. Like Ashley Williams was like six foot or something. How far away is Narbeth from Swansea? My geography. Oh, issue. it's oh, um, huh? yeah, it's a good hour. So yeah. n- nine-year-old Joe is being taken back and forth by his folks for training and for matches, an hour or so in the car. Mm. I love those sort of stories. Yeah, yeah. Because it's that part of the world they kind of they dip into it a little bit when they're talking, but it's that part of the world that hasn't generated an awful lot of football players. Well, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you there. Stop me. South Pembrokeshire has a good record. It's oh, Carmarthenshire that is a complete black spot. So, what South Pembrokeshire got? In South Pembrokeshire: Mark Delaney. Okay, yeah. Joe Allen. Yeah. Ian Walsh. Simon. Simon Davis. Yeah. I thought South. Pem- I thought South Pembrokeshire was English speaking though. Yeah. So yeah. Well, Joe's family, I don't think, are Welsh speakers. They sent him to Skolgavin, Preseli, and Crumich. Okay. He then had to go above the Lanska line. <laughs> To go to school, but I come out of So you, you, you know, you're talking there about some really good players, and recently as well, come out Emir Hughes is from Llanelli. Matthew yes. Jones is from Llanelli. Yep. I can't think of nope. anyone else. Heredigion is for terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I find fascinating, and I think a lot of that is down to proximity to a league club. Yeah, rugby as well. To, uh, yeah, rugby as well, and you know the scarlets existing in all forms in West Wales, but that is a huge area of land and there are a lot of kids in that area. It's quite an untapped resource. The standard, I mean, this this might not be true anymore, 
but certainly when mates of mine from Carmarthen were playing Sunday League, mm. probably 10 years ago now, because they've all retired, because they're all in their early 40s, but certainly back then, the standard in South Pembrokeshire was much higher than the standard in Carmarthenshire. Mm. So if you were a good player, you you often found a club in South Pembrokeshire. Because yeah. Sun, it's just this, it, was, it was a more fun because the games were of a higher quality. But with Simon Davis, I mean, he was scouted by Peterborough, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. But then I think what's happened now is because since the success of the Swans, we're now much better at finding players who are not quite on our doorstep, but certainly within the catchment area of the club. Yeah. Because for years and years, we were missing these people. And Car- they were either going to Cardiff, or often Cardiff would miss them as well. And then, the- I mean, Simon Davis, he was going to Norwich. Yeah. From, f- <laughs> from fucking Solver. It I mean, is. It's, as far- it's, it's, it's as far west to east as you can get in certainly mainland UK. Mm-hmm. They're huge drives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it's and nuts. It's put such pressure on the parents then. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's all like in the dark because obviously they're mates. I think you get so much more out of mates than when you, when do, you do. see yeah. an interview going on. When he talks about how shy Joe is mm. and how he doesn't. And he said, I'd love to be able to play in an alias. That was really just, interesting. Just go home. Yeah. He said, yeah. What, I don't, he doesn't like any of the trappings of, of football. Doesn't like the big cars and the money and the houses, the fame and the foot. He, well, he, he just loves playing football. And, the, and the, which which goes back to when, what we all sort of we sort of say with sports people, you have a responsibility to do X, Y, and Z. No, you don't. Yeah. If you love playing football, your responsibility is to play football. Yeah. That's it. Agreed. Yeah. It's not to do the presses. It's not to be a role model for kids. It's not to do anything. It's not to be a, be a face of, of an organisation or, or anything else. It's just it must be so hard if, if all. Because all the dickheads then say, well, you, you want the money, mate. You've got to take the rough of the smooth. No, you haven't. Why have you? Yeah, yeah. All, all, all Joe Allen wants to do is play the game he loves playing. And he happens yeah. to be brilliant at it because he works hard at it. He, yeah. The better, he, the better he can play, the more he enjoys it. Absolutely. And you think for a guy who had three seasons at Liverpool, round about 100 mm. games for Liverpool as well, was in the team where they nearly won the league, was playing in the midfield with, you know, Gerrard and Coutinho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to still be not spoken of a lot, which I think is part of what he wants anyway, but to, mm. to still be yeah. not spoken of a lot is quite interesting. Well, Philippe Auclair, the football writer, the French football writer, mm. I was talking to him about Joe Allen last night, actually, and he said, oh, such a clever player. Mm. And he was in the team in the tournament at 2016. 
I mean, he's very, very good shout for our all-time 11, actually, Joe. Mm. Because of what he allows more creative players than him to do. Mm. You know, if if you if you want to know how good he is, ask Gareth Bale and ask Anne Ramsey, because what he does is absolutely invaluable. And it's a hard thing to do, and we haven't really found someone who's as good as him at doing that stuff. His distribution, the way he mops up his tackling... He's such a good player, and also I, I love the fact he's small. So Andrew, Bruce Andrew from Feast of Football, yeah, yeah, went to the same school as Joe. Okay, and he was telling me a story that I think the sixth formers had heard that there was a boy near seven who was good. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, come on, then let's have a look at him." And they invited him for a kickabout, and they just he just couldn't get the ball off him. <laughs> Like an 11-year-old boy just dribbling around 18-year-old men. They just could not get the ball off him. Because when you when you are on the books at Swansea and it looks like you're going to be a professional footballer, you are that good. You are better than the 18-year-old boys who are doing their A-levels. It's just, that's just a, a fact of life. His size, it never, he's a very competitive player. Yes. And... Oh, Weiner alludes to this. He's not a sort of shrinking violet. What's that bit he says when he came up at 16? One of the, I can't, you'll know the player. Was, and was the, one of the, Robinson, isn't he? Oh, about, yeah, that's yeah. 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 And he bollocks, he bollocks Joe, but it, it was the pass that was, was the was the fault, not, yeah. not Joe's reception of the pass. And Joe turned and gave him a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not having it. And 16 year old kid doing that. Oh, the fair play to you, man. And, yeah. and he must have thought, he must have thought fair play to you, kid, as well. Well, exactly. Rob was quite an intimidating scouser. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. Good player. Do you want to slap, lad? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't have responded to him like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'd have, I'd have said sorry. Yeah, really sorry about that, mate. <laughs> but that's that's one of the... Because the, the whole interview is split up really well. So there's bits where they're sat down with the beautiful sort of cliffs and beach behind them having a coffee. There's bits where they're walking... Looks stunning. And then that bit is from one of the sections where they're walking down Wine Street... In Swansea, yeah, talking about the drink. <laughs> right, right. The, my, right. Did you see this as well? See if we say the same thing. Okay, the two lads who run behind. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? Amazing. Have they robbed somewhere? They've robbed somewhere, or I don't know what. That's it is, hilarious. But no one bats an eyelid. No, during, not mentioned. Joe and I just carry on with the interview. Not we'll do and that again, lads. There may well be a crime in progress. There's a bloke <laughs> who pegs it across. Fucking belts it. And then about 10 yards behind him is, is someone else ch- either chasing him or also trying to escape. It's fucking brilliant. And it sums up my feelings towards that street entirely. <laughs> it Wine felt very, very much. If you're, if you're not from the South Wales area and you, and you haven't experienced the pleasures of Wine Street, right? <laughs> it is, it's like a different world on a Saturday night down there. Right? Yeah, yeah. I described at a gig the other day, one of my first nights in Wine Street, when I first met with Kelly. We were in the Reflex Bar on Wine Street, and there was a fella there dancing, really hip thrusting, going for a big time on his own. Mm. Very energetic hip thrust, um, <laughs> which would have been quite bizarre anyway. Mm. But he had his trousers and his underpants around his ankles, right? <laughs> and, he, and he had a massive <laughs> dick, right? <laughs> I was staggered. Like, it was like, <laughs> there was like a total exclusion zone around him, right? <laughs> Like Falklands-esque, as he was going for it, with this big dick whapping back and forth. His mate, I assume it was his mate, was with a young lady that he was he was getting on famously with. <laughs> he looked like he was trying to saw her in half from the vagina upwards. Right? Beautiful. 
just, I've never seen anything like it. And I said to the bouncer, because I was flabbergasted, mm. I said, you're going to, you're not going to kick him out for that. You kick either of these guys out. He said, what's your problem, Bert? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just asking the question, that's all. I'm just, in, just intrigued to know, you know. Can we all just what get goes, what, what goes in SWATs? When, when English people, especially posture English people, Fucking hell. come to Cardiff the rugby, it's always, oh, wow, what a bloody what, night. I was on St. Mary Street. Queen Street, then the the chip place, the the Caroline you know, Alley, ch- Chippy Alley, and uh, I've got to be honest, never <laughs> seen anything like it. Uh, Caroline Alley, the Chip Alley, absolutely <laughs> raucous stuff. Yeah, you you Welsh guys really know how to have a good time. I just think <laughs> go to Swansea, <laughs> go to go to Swansea on a Thursday, pal. I tell you, what you hardly ever see in Caroline Street is a girl with enormous eyelashes. Wearing a white bikini and, ho- and fucking high heels in the fish and chip shop. Yeah, but you will see it in, in wine street. In I December, guarantee you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. As they're walking <laughs> across the picnic, <laughs> I fucking love it. I fucking, I love, fucking love it. I fucking it's brilliant. love it. They're coming up past the picture and piano, and you got the yes. you got the no sign bar there, haven't you? What's it? Yeah. No sign. The really long one that goes back and back and back. It's oh, it's great wine street, isn't it? but it is it is like. It is another world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It is hardcore. I've not been there for years. I've not been on the piss and wine street for years, actually. We should do a gig in Swansea, then go up and, and be wrapped up by about eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> we just not to the Swansea ground, that's all. Yeah, okay. We'll do the Swansea arena. Let's do the new arena, yeah. Let's do it's that. a beautiful looking place. I got asked by a councillor to do the Swansea Arena when I was at the Liberty when the Swans played Cardiff and South Derby. I was in the director's box. They got the big taco over the road, haven't they? They call it the taco, don't they? Is it? I've not been to the new arena. The yet. new bridge. Oh, it looks stunning. It looks amazing. Let's do it. Can I interest you in uh, an arena show, uh, Alice, with your podcast? Oh, I'd love it. Love that. Yeah, we'll say yes to that, mate. Let's do that. Brilliant, don't well, we? Yeah, let's do that. We've got a salubrious place afterwards. <laughs> we try to sell out the one in Cardiff first. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah let's sell the one in Cardiff out first. Let's sell yeah, that yes. one out first. Let's do that. Let's do that. Is it February the 5th? February the 3rd, mate. Come on, get it right. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming on the 5th. I'm doing the admin. I'm coming on the 5th. You're oh, doing the admin. Be... I'm turning up two days late. It's going to be a great gig. Talk about, th- talk about through the looking glass. Oof. Bevins with the dates nailed on. That'd February 3rd. February the 3rd. Where are you on February the 5th? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. February the 4th, I'm the other end of the country. Oh, fair enough. Okay. I'm going to see who's playing the Cardiff. Arena on the fifth. I'm going to play with them. Get down there, going to give it a go. So yeah, give it a go. It's Crosby Stills and Nash and Guerrero. <laughs> I'm playing. Well, the... that was your, your first ever singing gig. Yeah. After your first comedy gig was. Yeah. Why not? An arena. Yeah. Give it a go. Wooden ships on the water, very free. Anyway. <laughs> so on on the sixth, Beyond Words present Daring to Dream Big. That looks shit. Not doing that. Lewis Capaldi's on earlier in the week. I'll, I'll just do it with him. What's um what's on in the Swansea Arena? Have a look. Oh, I don't know. I thought Bill Bailey was there recently. Was he? And um, Rob Beckett played it recently. Did he? He loves Swansea, Rob. He knows a lot of Swansea boys, Simmer. And he's like, what a fucking place. He's got a very similar attitude to Wine Street to Mike. Ooh, end of this month, Paul Heaton, Jackie Abbott with Billy Ooh. Bragg supporting. Oh, I've looked into bad, that. Fancy that. Is it sold out? Knowing Paul Heaton, he'll buy everyone a pint. No, I fancy that. I'm not surprised. It's 120 quid a ticket you can afford to. <laughs> it's not. They've actually kept the tickets quite cheap for that gig. Have they? Yeah, for that whole tour. Um, I was listening to him talking about it. with. He's Nile, such a talented there. bloke. I love the beautiful South. I love the House Martins. I love him. £32.90. Oh, oh perfect. Fun. You can't go wrong with that. I'll have a bit of that, mate. When is it? 26th. 
Quite of November. Time. Yeah. Quite and he's got a great, great taste in coats. He has got a great taste in coats, yeah. yeah. There he is. He's a great coat wearers. Big fan of his stuff. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'll say this for Swansea as, yeah. a, as a Barry slash Cardiff boy, right? Yes. Married to a Swansea girl. Mm-hmm. Great night out from number one. Yes. A very good looking city. Very good looking girls. Handsome blokes. Swansea Bay, if it was anywhere else in the, in, in the country, people would rave about it. Somehow it gets overlooked. Yes, people talk about the Gower. Yeah. People talk. Swansea Bay is stunning. All the way around to the Mumbles, which I, which I love. Yeah. It's a great part of the world. I got married, then I got married, then he got the Gower. I got married in the Gower. It's a beautiful part of the world. Although this reminds me of when I was living in Canton, bear in mind that's like, that is like the spiritual heartland of Cardiff City, right? Yes. The, uh, the, ch- the boys who ran the local chip shop, the Zero Plus. Which yes, you know, I know Zero Plus. Zero Plus chip shop in Kenton. They're really um, refurbed at the moment. Are they? Yeah. Zoe Bersain, I think, is the boy. Yeah. Good good lad. When I did the thing with Ellis on Josh. Yes. I played the crazed Swansea City fan. I was going there on a Saturday night. And he loved he loved Josh, this fella. And he, here he is. Here's the Jack. I was like, oh fuck's sake. I'm not a I'm gonna get beaten up one day. Art. I'm gonna get beaten up one day for being something I'm not. That clip, if you go on those weird Facebook pages like uh, things that make you proud to be Welsh, mm. it will be up there. And it's had like twelve million views oh, or yeah. something, Daphne. Yeah. Like thirteen thousand comments. Sex sells. <laughs> <laughs> you dressed as the driving instructor in sex. <laughs> Fuck you. What a bleak outlook on sex that is. Uh, oh, fucking well, well done, Steph. I think I meant me, not Alice. <laughs> oh, I assumed you did. Uh, standard. <laughs> uh, no, I loved everything about this. I yeah. think it's, it, it's an unusual choice for us, but the fact that my Welsh isn't great and... At no point was I bothered. I wanted to say something. I was I was well pleased with myself, right? Because they're speaking a very accessible Welsh to me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially Joe, right? Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. The subtitles were there. Not only could I understand almost everything they said. Yeah. But I knew when the subtitles weren't what they were saying. Yes. It was it was, it was a version of what yes. they actually said was yeah, something yeah. different. Yeah. I was quite chuffed for myself. No, that's very that's, good. That's very good. That's brilliant. Yeah, that is good. How is your Welsh? I haven't, been, I haven't been practicing enough. After a gig the other day, there was a fellow there who came up to me in in a distant pod uh, shirt. Okay, cool. Lovely fella. He asked me a question in Welsh. Yeah. I, I just want to take a second to think about it and answer it in English. Because what's gone, because I haven't done it enough recently, the last six months, Yeah, is my confidence to, to make a mistake Yes, yeah, yeah. So I should have just answered him in Welsh and fucked it up. And I, I did in the end. This is like the third time I spoke to him. I, I, I gave him a full couple of sentences in Welsh. He went, yeah, that was all right. But that's what I quite like about this. Because they're pals, I think, mm. but also because both of them flit between the two. They flit between English and Welsh. Yeah. 
it doesn't feel like intimidating Welsh. No, no. It doesn't feel... It's not quick. It's not, yeah. it's not really rapid. Yeah, yeah. just quite thoughtful bloke. So he, he talks quite slowly because I think mm-hmm. he thinks quite carefully about what he says. So it's not like seeing, you know, Paul Gascoigne being interviewed, <laughs> where if you're trying <laughs> to learn English, you'll be a bloody dumb <laughs> Gaza being your start Gaza, learning English. in fairness to him, and everyone forgets this, learned fluent Italian. Did he? His Italian was really good, yeah. He gave an interview was to it? Italian telly quite recently, and he was on a chat show speaking Italian. Yeah, mm. everyone forgets that. I did not know that. But he did live there for a few years. You know, he was immersed in it. But did he ever think that's not a bloody word to say? <laughs> I'm off to get me suit. Measured. <laughs> Fog of the time. I'm off to get me suit measured. Measured. He's looking all right. You know, I saw I saw a clip recently. Because mm-hmm. remember, he got he got so ill. I felt yeah. really. I thought I thought shit. He's gonna die any day now. I was. I felt really awful. Yeah. Because he's obviously a. I think we've covered it on here before. But um, to go through what he went through as a young as a as a kid. Yeah, we did the documentary, didn't we? Was horrendous. Yeah. And he's such a fragile soul, such a bloody amazingly talented footballer. But he seems like he's on the mend. I hope he is. I hope people aren't bloody yeah, fingers crossed. pushing drinks down his neck and mm. saying, oh, come on, just have one. But it looks, he looks like he's, he looks a lot healthier now than he did, than he did two years ago. Joe Allen looks, he looks healthy, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. I like, because, you know, I've seen his career all the way through. I like just the, the look of him now. I like someone finding their look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not sure about the shorts, the jean shorts. I, do you know what? Adult I male. thought they both looked in really good nick as they're walking down the yeah. beach. All Tidder I thought does. was... Well, Owen's had problems with his knee, isn't he? he yeah. I think he had six operations on his knee. Did he? I had real hair jealousy of, of Owen. Yeah. He's got a lovely silver... A proper silver fox in these days. Thick, though, thick hair. Yeah. Looks looks outdoorsy. Handsome. He look. does look yeah. outdoorsy. Yeah. Got a very North Whalian yeah. look, actually. Yes. Yeah. Rugged mountain man. Yes. I can imagine bird spotting with Yolo. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Look, yeah, yeah. Yes. Bird yeah. housing it up. Yeah. I imagine him in a hide. Yes. He's constructed with Bill Oddie. If, if you ask him if his house has got any phone signal, he laughs in your face. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What? 3G, 4G? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 4G. What's, what's Edge? <laughs> Absolutely not. GPRS. I haven't seen that. My. Where's he from then? Is he? Is he? Uh, Bangor. Yeah. Because he kept saying Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Instead North of Indian, yeah. instead so of Bachin. Oh, okay. Is that right? Hogan. Am I right there? Hogan is Bachin. Bach, is boy, and uh, Hogan is Merch girl. Is it? Yeah, because he said Hogan Bach. So I thought. I thought. Yeah. I mean, he means small boy there. So that must be the North Wales. Yeah, boy. yeah. Uh, okay. No, okay. North Indian boy. Look at you. I know. Check me out. King of dialect. No, I like I like Joe Allen's beard and hair combo at the moment. I think that's strong for him. No, he looks really good. I was trying to think what I said the other day on on Talk Sport. Oh, go on. I wrote it down so so. I Did you say we had no chance I, of winning like the rest of Talk Sport? Or? I said Diogo Gallon and Bopper through the key wedding when he draws Gambri a fablock and a cup and a beat. Oh my! What did Gabby Agbonlahor say to that? Which isn't far off, is it? No, perfect. Yeah, thanks very much. I think Gabby Agbonlahor said that Gareth Bale isn't in the top thirty players in England. <laughs> Not in the top thirty. He's one of the best. Who said that? Gabby Agbonlahor, who had three caps for England. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, that's, that's Sage. Yeah. yeah, yeah the Oracle a, himself. Yeah, he had three caps for England. I, I saw, <laughs> Fuck off. I saw that clip and he was going through players. He was like, oh, I, I get it. I understand what TalkSport is. I do understand. I saw Jason mm-hmm. Cundy doing the same. I was like, I understand Yeah, Simon it. Jordan as well. Yeah, I get he abs- it. Do you just remember Stop him it. clattering that boy from... Um, one Direction in Soccer Aid. That's what I think of when I think of G- Gabby Agbonlaw. <laughs> he spewed up on the pitch. He's quite a big bloke, Gabby. Yeah, yeah. he smashed one in One Direction. Yeah, he smashed him. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, he'd be getting enough Twitter abuse. Yeah. He doesn't need Welsh fans on his oh case God, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Gareth's got much to prove on the football front, to be fair. I'd, I'd certainly not to be able to talk sport, no. No, no. But I always, I always quite like it when people go in on my teams. I never get angry about it. I just always think, cool. Well, this happens great. In, every, in every tournament. Talk yeah. sports say that we we haven't got a chance. You know, they got, they, I hope they get knocked out. So, okay, yeah, fine, good. Yeah, okay. It, it, it doesn't matter. I just like you when, when big time players like Bale. Mm. And it doesn't matter if, if he's had a bit of a lack of form for a, for a game or two or whatever. Yeah. You know, because you just know that when it counts, yes. that Ukraine game, I'm no bloody football expert. I just had a feeling he was going to do something bigger that game. The thing with Bale now is that if you look at him from his real glory period, which was probably 2011, 2012, to about 2014, 2015 mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. certainly 2014, when he was unreal and the th- definitely the third best player on earth. I mean, he was... <laughs> The taxi for Mike Gunn game for Tottenham, when he makes the best uh, fullback on earth look stupid. Yeah. And brilliantly, Mike Gunn, after the first leg out in the San Siro, said, oh, I've got bloody tummy trouble. Bloody tummy trouble on tonight and tonight of all nights. And do you know what? He had a good game, but that bloody tummy trouble. And then he did the same thing to him. Four times later, White Hart Lane, he was like, bloody tummy trouble again. <laughs> what are um, the chances? He was something else and he used to mm. dominate games and he was so dynamic and he doesn't do that anymore but football is about moments and he yeah. just comes up with defining moments and he might not do an enormous amount in the 90 minutes or certainly not the kind of stuff he used to do but when it matters like those free kicks for instance yeah. he's just there to be relied on yeah in the dock when Joe's gone through all the and he's 32 so he's been playing fashion football for 15 years right? yeah and he talks about the, his journey and talks about, uh, you know, Toshak and Speed and all sorts of people. And, you know, Rob Page, obviously, and, and the Belgium game and the Euros. So when he when he then, when the culmination of all those memories for him is that win against Ukraine, I always think, I'm such a lucky bastard. So Dan Thwaite, who listens to this pod, right, and has, has done for since day one, is a good mate. Dan, what a star. Because I was trying to really get those tickets for that game. Yeah. But Dan DeFord up and say, Do you and Ben want to come to the Ukraine game? Amazing. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. And then we turn up and there's our seats. And I, I remember saying to Dan, fucking enough, we score first half, mate. We're right there. And then <laughs> the photographs in the bar now, people go, You lucky twat. I said, I know, I can't believe it. It's like a Caravaggio painting. And there's me. Yeah. And- <laughs> My God, what a thing. So if you want to see beautiful shots of. That's a particular part of Wales. If you want Gorgeous. To, I think it's Gorgeous. a really interesting interview about someone's career, even though I know a lot about Joe's career and I've kind of interviewed him a little bit down the years as well. I still didn't know a lot of this stuff. So it's a really good interview as well. Mm. There's a link there. It's S4C's, I think it's the Huarayon, am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. The Huarayon pages. So have a look on that. 
subscribe to their stuff and get involved. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Right, let's round things off for this week's episode. It is book time. Mm. It is mm. book review time. Mm. And the noise from Mike tells me it is his turn and he is looking around the room. Ah, oh, straight to hand. He's uh, playing with me. Smart He's playing with me. No, I'm playing with you because in absolute candor, I've been so busy lately, I haven't read it. Okay, good. But someone's given it to me. But it exists. But it looks very interesting. Okay, good, good. that's a good start. I think we do try to... to to spread the love a bit with the, with the, with the podcast, mm-hmm. maybe I could I could do a little bit more. So this is this is a book called World in Their Hands. Go on, the story of the first women's rugby world cup. Okay, what's the front cover look like? Uh, so it looks like this. I'm always <laughs> amazing. Go for an audio description of it instead. You've held it up to the camera. What well, it's a bunch of women playing that? rugby. <laughs> what year? What year is the first women's rugby world cup? All right, I'll don't put me in the fucking spot. Hang on a minute. Nine ninety one, I think. Okay. Uh, yes. World in Their Hands recounts the remarkable events that led to a group of friends from London staging the inaugural Women's Rugby World Cup in 1991. Is that Union or...? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tournament was held just 13 years after teams from University College London and King's contested a match to help catalyse the growth of the women's game in the UK. The organisers overcame numerous obstacles before, during and after the World Cup, including ingrained misogyny, motherhood, a recession, the Gulf War and the collapse of the Soviet Union. I don't know. I don't know how... Christ, that's a... That's a heady mix. Yeah, so we haven't read any of it yet. So the Soviet Union team, from my memory, right, this tournament was played in Wales, and the Soviet Union team came over, and I'm pretty sure they just didn't have any money, and people really helped them out during the tournament. Let's have a look, shall we? 189. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they turned up to Wales, didn't have any cash, and a load of local rugby clubs basically helped them out with getting them through the tournament. Well, I'm thinking, so this is 91, so this is the year before, that would have been the year before, no, three years before I started university, right? Okay. And I remember there being a real hoo-ha when I got to university in the second year. Yeah. That they put the women's rugby final at Twickenham. Okay. Right? And plenty of people disagreed with that, right? Really? So, so this is three years before, three or four years before that. Yeah. And what I can gather... Women just got together and said, "Well, we'll just, we'll just let's just put a World Cup together. Let's just do it." So it was really a player-led thing. So let's have a look at some reviews for it. Let's have a look. Jessica Aiden in the Times says a hilarious, thoroughly interesting, and endearing read about those who paved the way for women's rugby today. One of the best rugby stories in history, men or women's, told perfectly. So you look at where women's rugby is now. I, so it wasn't long after that. So that was ninety-one. So my first uh, summer in Toronto would have been ninety-two playing. And women's rugby was was sort of in the high schools. Was being played in the high schools there. By the time I got to Calgary over in Canada in in the sort of ninety seven ninety eight season, there was a lot. I probably coached more women's rugby than 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 boys rugby or men's rugby over there. But it's just when I was playing in the eighties and the early nineties, there was no there was no women's rugby at all. I certainly wasn't aware of any. 
while I was in university, it was a real outlier. It was a thing that some of the girls played, but we didn't know an awful lot about it. So I'm just looking um, through the stats here, right, of international matches that had been played before 1991 in women's rugby. I bet there weren't many. 45. Yeah. In total. Yeah. So 1982. Well, there we go, exactly was the first international. So there was one game played there. And then sort of in 88 and 1990, there were like 11 games played. But I, I look, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going on a short list that I've just looked up here. But I think there were about 45 games of women's international rugby played before they went, fuck it, let's have a World Cup. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? That's really, I love Very that. Very much took the men's game 120. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. I remember there was a Great Britain team before there was a Wales or an England team due to just, I think there was a couple of Welsh women who wanted there to be an international team as well as some English women who lived in London. I think they organised it on that basis as a Great Britain team. Mm. But the first game was involved Holland, the Netherlands, against France. Well, you just need, um, you need pioneers, don't you? And you need mm. people who are going to go above and beyond and do work that is initially thankless. And that's the thing. Absolutely. It's, it's, the, thank, it's the thankless bit that is what puts most people off. Listen to this, uh, this prick from uh, 1917. Look at this. I'll just oh, open a page at random. Ready? Yeah. Uh, Newport's greater experience told on that December day in 1917 as the visitors won the match 6-0, but little else is known of the encounter. English journalist Edward Sewell wrote about it in his column in the Illustrated Sporting and Dramatic News a week later, but he gave the score erroneously as 22-0, the result of the men's match held on the same day. So it cannot be considered a reliable witness. He certainly did not share the positive opinion of women's rugby espoused by the Western Mail's Mr. Pollock. The spectators would fill the Arms Park. This is this what Mr. Sewell said. Okay. There is little likelihood, happily, of ladies' rugby football ever becoming popular, he wrote. Cock. Indeed, it is most it is most unedifying spectacle, calculated only to lower the prestige of the game. In the eighties, there was a ladies' rugby team that used to go on tour, but it was a ghastly sight. And it's pity anyone that thought of anything like rugby. Oh, this is wow. The sort of toss bags that you have to deal with <laughs> for years and years and years and years. Yeah, so I have, I'm ready the yet. This by a fellow called uh, Martin Thomas, forward by Sarah Hunter. Someone gave me this recently. I can't remember who it was. I do apologise. Well, thank you. That sounds really good. So it's the world in their hands, the story of the first women's rugby World Cup. And it does look very interesting. 